Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome on in another edition of Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as we will take you up until around 11 o'clock today. Very excited. We will get into Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, all the ins and outs that happened this week as they launched their world tour. We will also speak with Brooklyn heavyweight. He's going to be fighting in a week. He's fighting on the Showtime card July 29th. Jarrell Miller, Jarrell Big Baby Miller uh, talks about the heavyweight division, his career. He's fighting Gerald Washington. Uh, and and Jarrell's always an interesting guy uh, to follow on social media. This is my first opportunity to get a chance to speak with him. Um, that guy doesn't hold back, man. He's, he doesn't hold back. He's not afraid to say what he's feeling about his heavyweight constituents. So that'll be exciting. This has been a week of trash talk. We will talk to a fine trash talker in himself in Jarrell Miller uh, later on in the show. But let's start off with what everybody wants to discuss. It is, the, it is one of those times where boxing – Mixed martial arts, they've collided, but this is a, one of those times where we have it on the mainstream, everybody's involved with it, and it is, a, it is a crazy, crazy storm. So the press conference launched on Tuesday in Los Angeles, and we're, we're going to get the first chance to see these two guys together, and it was a show, man. It was a spectacle, and, that's, and that is the fun we were waiting for. We were hoping that this is going to be larger than life, it's going to be crazy, and I came into this, the, the thing I wanted to see out of this week was the demand of the people. How much attention is this thing going to get? Because I know it's going to be huge. And I think it's going to do, I thought it was going to do tremendous business. I thought it was going to be, you know, I was thinking 3 million buys. I was thinking um, something that is in, in crazy levels of box office success. But the thing I was wondering about, is because a lot of people are looking at this fight as a farce. They're looking at it as no contest. It's not even going to be close. Is it really going to do with what Mayweather and Pacquiao did because of a fight in that in that regard, which was five-year buildup? You had two guys who, though they were older, two of the best pound-for-pound fighters over the last 15 years. Everybody wanted to see that matchup for the longest time. They called each other all kinds of names. There was all kind of drama in the background behind it, I just had a hard time grasping that this fight was actually going to match that in business. And I am ready to change that opinion this week. After seeing the kind of reception these guys are getting, the kind of passion that's behind this, the kind of demand that's behind this, the views on the internet that people are going in droves to go see these guys talk on a microphone, I, I think this is going to pass Pacquiao and Mayweather now. I do think this is going to break the all-time record. I mean, they, I think, are doing a good enough job to convince people to fork over the money for this fight. Now, they've been doing it in a lot of different methods. There's been a lot of different things that I think have been drummed up this week. Um, it started out very playful. I thought the first, uh, the first, uh, first day of it, we figured it was right after the story broke of Floyd Mayweather's taxes being uh, that he owes taxes. And, you know, I put it on social media immediately. I'm like, that's going to be great A material for Conor McGregor. He should walk out as Uncle Sam. That, sh- that-, that should be his move. 
And sure enough, he goes there the first time. Here it was. He's in a tracksuit. He can't even afford a suit anymore. The roses are 2012 outside. He is There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. Why is 21 a number? And it was all cool. You got the you get the uh, the staple prediction there from Connor. He says he's going to finish him inside four rounds. Pretty standard stuff. And I thought it, I thought Connor came off great. There were some awkward moments. The fact that you know he didn't know that he had to go out there and kind of riff off the top of his head. Boxing press conferences are really weird. People don't know this. You know when we were coming into this week, I'm like, man, Showtime's not going to go at this the way they normally go at this thing, right? They're not going to go at this thinking. Uh, Steve Espinosa is going to talk, and the guy from the MGM is going to talk, and the promoter is going to talk, and the promoter is going to talk, and the manager is going to talk, and the manager is going to talk, and then the fighters talk. That's how it works. When we were off in Vegas for Kovalev Ward, it was like really excited to see this press conference. There was a lot of bleep talking amongst these guys, but like you got to go through your mark talking and, and Kathy Duva talking, and you got to go through the trainers talking and the managers talking. It's just a bunch of people you just don't want to. Bob Bennett's got to talk who is the, the head of the commission talk. Just a lot of people you don't want to hear from. It's a waste of time. And, you know, they think these things are necessary to to thank sponsors and whatnot. It's like, you know, the, 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 those are so meaningless. I think the sponsor would be happy if you could actually drum up entertainment with the fight. And they go out this first day, and it is just like that, man. They, they have the, the same old setup, the same people talking, and it just was weird, and Connor wasn't used to it. Now, People are going to go at this each day. Well, who won the press conference? Who 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 really got the best of who? Because that's all we have to go off of right now. That's what that's what we're interested in. All right, these guys aren't fighting for another uh, for another forty five days or so. So what do we have? We have two guys bleep talking. We want to know who's winning the battle there. These things matter. You know, you don't think they do, but these guys they're they're, they're going for headlines. They're going for paydays. They're going for relevance. And you know, that's one of the things that I think bothers Floyd. You know, he said after Wednesday's press conference, and it was after this has devolved into a, a big, a much bigger race battle. And we'll get into that in just a second. But he he pointed out how you know Connor has just taken my gimmick, but because he's a white guy, he's he's being thralled up to success, and he's not getting criticized. Which Connor is getting criticized this week. But I, I understand what Floyd's point is. That this was something that he was he was criticized for back then. Now it got him a lot of success too. People did love it. I mean, he acts like everybody is 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 hating him now. The thing that it is is, you know, Floyd has devolved as the as the years have gone on into the bad guy, and now you got the new hot thing. And yeah, there is a race element there that 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 certainly exists. That can't be denied. But this the gimmick of flashing the money and and the Rolls Royce and all that stuff, you know, that that brought him a lot of success too. People wanted to see the lavish lifestyle. In twenty four seven, him hanging with Fifty Cent, using the money, the money telephone calls. So, the one thing though with Floyd and all that gimmick is, he, as the fights have gone on, you could tell that the promotion of the fight after the twenty four sevens really subsided, and he broke off with HBO. It just wasn't the same, you know. Floyd just kind of showed up, and he was on his name, and he wasn't he wasn't really into engaging with his opponents, and that changed. That was the big thing on the first press conference. He changed and was really involved, and he was excellent. I don't give a f- if it's a ring. I don't give a f- if it's an octagon. Put me in there, and I'm going to kick 
we talking <laughs> You do give a if it's an octagon. Y'all already know I ain't, y'all already know I ain't made. I ain't back down for no mother body. You line them up and I knock them down like bowling pins. And August 26, I'm gonna knock this down too. Just seeing Floyd back involved with that was just fantastic. And I thought he looked really in his element. We haven't seen that from him in a while. And so you got these two guys, Floyd's engaged, Connor's brought the best out of them, and they square off, and the first day was fantastic. You know, it was, uh, and I think a lot of people thought if you were going to pick a winner of the press conference, a lot of people gave it to Floyd. You know, it's not that Connor did bad. I think this was, I think they were both pretty even. But I think the fact that we saw this side of Floyd got people really, really excited that this guy is is coming to be engaged in this and this is going to be fun and we're going to be really excited for this. They move on to Toronto, all right, day two. And this was the craziest atmosphere as far as Conor McGregor fans. They go to Canada and the people are already chanting when Floyd walks up, pay your taxes, pay your taxes. And Conor McGregor's soaking it in. He's uh, he's super excited. But it does get more personal. Conor decides he's going to go with the old uh, the old jab at Floyd's reading ability. He looks like a little breakdancer or something. A little 12-year-old breakdancer. What the f***? He's 40. You're 40 years of age. Dress your age. Carrying a school bag on stage. What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. 40 years old carrying a school bag. The man doesn't even read. So he goes in there. He does the, uh, he does the old Floyd can't read thing. This crowd's such a You can't read. You can't read. And so Floyd's obviously got to come back. And now Floyd's Floyd's gone to a couple of things here. Those are kind of like his fastballs are how much more money he makes than you. He's been going at Connor with the tap out jokes, and he's been going with uh, Dana White's actually your boss. Those have kind of been his three prongs as far as verbal. But the thing that's been cool with Floyd, and I got to give this to him, is his visual. His visual of going on these stages and getting people to look at what he's doing. It's not so much what Floyd is saying even though he's been more engaged. But if you really are going to get into a war with words with Conor McGregor, I mean, it's it's like getting into a promo battle with The Rock. Like, you're not – whenever somebody tried to out-talk The Rock in, in wrestling, it, it ended up poorly. And so Floyd is – he decides, see somebody in the crowd with an Irish flag. And he looks and he's like, no, no, I'll give him that flag. I'll give him that flag. Takes the Irish flag. Conor McGregor perks up. And you're looking at this, and he's like – you do anything to that flag and I'll F you up. You know, obviously saying the actual word. But, um, you know, so Floyd just kind of, he's kind of just messing with it. And then Connor goes, because Floyd has this backpack, as you heard in the clip. He's got this backpack. He's got the backpack full of money. We've seen that. And uh, Connor goes and grabs the backpack. And he's like, if you ever want to see this bag and this cash again, you better not do anything to that flag. You do anything to it. I'm going to F you up. And eventually Floyd gives him gives him the flag, kind of throws it in his face. And it was really good, man. I think off that press conference, everybody was in. I think everybody was in to that fight, what it was gonna be, and people were very, very excited for what was gonna happen. And we had another we had another two days of this. These guys are just getting better and better. That's how it's gonna be. It, it, and so it had you nothing but excited.
then we get to New York. And, you know, I wasn't I wasn't available to – I thought I was going to be available to watch it live because it was scheduled for like – I think it was scheduled for like 6.30. And I wasn't available to watch it. And so I'm looking at my phone. I'm trying to get the updates of what's going on. And I get nothing. I'm like, oh, what's – Connor's late. Floyd's late. Not surprising that that happened. These guys have been traveling, but – they're, they're getting super late now. It's like 7.30. Still no press conference. Supposed to start an hour ago. Get to 8 o'clock. Still no press conference. Finally get to 8.15 and they say that the guys are in the building and they're ready to walk out. And Connor comes out. He's in this pink, the, these pink pants. You know, he's, he's shirtless, but he has this giant white Ric Flair-esque mink coat. And it has like a blue-ass dragon on it. And he, he is strutting his stuff. He's coming in all this style. It, it was a fantastic getup. And then Floyd comes in. Floyd comes in, and he is draped in the Irish flag. And it, it, you, you're thinking, all right, these guys got the attire set up. Everybody's finally fired up. They've had a lot of anticipation that's gone through the building. We're ready for this thing to start. And it was awful. It was just a big miss. Now, the big the big thing that's been going around this as the week has gone on Aside from the trash talking, there's been some really fun moments, and you had Floyd Mayweather Sr. and Connor getting into it at a press conference. That was great. Um, you know, they, they've just been taking everything well. Like the buildup's been great, but the also the follow up, they've you could tell they're very excited with what's happening. But there has been controversy that has been going around this fight as well, and that has been Conor McGregor's uh, comments that have been pretty. They've gotten from pretty iffy to just blatant. And, you know, the race issue was something that was brought up with this fight. You got, uh, you know, white Irish fighter, Floyd, all-time great boxer, proud, uh, as he said, proud black man this week. And there was a point in both of the first two press conferences where Connor goes, he says, uh, you know, the first one, Floyd was dancing. And he says, dance, dance for me, boy. And like, I was immediately watching that. I was like, and I remember this because I got into it with, uh, with this guy, Sean King on Twitter. He's a reporter for the daily news, but he came out with this column before all this started. And he said, uh, Conor McGregor is a bigot and he doesn't have suffer any repercussions for it. And I was just like, Oh, really? Like not like, this is what we're going to get from people who haven't been watching McGregor's career. They're going to get be called, uh, uh, he's going to get called a bigot. And so that happens the first day, and so it, it's winsable. You know, I was talking with Leroy about this in the on the midday show this week. He's just like, it's possible to not be offended by something, but you're just like, oh, like that. That's not what you want to hear. So you wonder, like in this day and age, is he going to be apologetic for it? How is Conor McGregor going to act about this? He goes the next day, doubles down, says it again, says it again to Floyd. You know, but. You know, Floyd's manager, Leonard Ellaby, doesn't make a big deal out of it. Floyd's like, is what it is. You know, I'm not calling Conor McGregor a racist, but people feel, can feel how they feel. And it is what it is. Now, in the midst of the press conference on Thursday, or after, rather, he's on Jimmy Kimmel, and he's got his little uh, comedy guy, Guillermo, who goes, and he does the funny interviews. He does this at the NBA Finals. It's a funny bit that Kimmel does. And he gets McGregor, and he asks him about who will win, you or Rocky Three. And and Connor says Rocky three. Which one is that? That's uh, that's the one with the uh, the celebrity gym um, with the with the with the dancing monkeys. And he's just like, 
Oh. And so, again, this is the third time this week that comes up with Connor just having blatant uh, – not blatant, but just just shots that kind of just make you wince. She's like, all right, all right man. And, and so this is a thing now. It, 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 he feels it has to be addressed at the press conference on on Thursday night in New York, and he goes about it, and it just does not come off well. A lot of media seem to be saying I'm against black people. That's absolutely ridiculous. Do they not know I'm half black? I'm half black from the belly button down. And just so that, just to show that that's squashed, here's a little present for my beautiful black female fans. So the crowd did not, they didn't take it well. It didn't go well. There were other things that went on too, apparently, like the, the sound wasn't great, apparently. But that that didn't go off well. His whole shtick on Thursday didn't go well in New York. And, you know, this that that him acknowledging it, it officially became a story. You know, it, the, it was something that's on the fringes and the media was talking about it. But when he's out there and he's parading in the fur coat and he's addressing it, He's trying to make it lighthearted. I get what Connor was trying to do, but the crowd didn't like it. And that was a pro Connor crowd walking in. And they turned on him. They turned on him. And, you know, even Floyd's part of the press conference didn't go well. But this is a thing now. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting through the rest of the promotion how this is going to play out. How how are they going to um go about the topic? Because it it's going to be a big talking point now. Before, it was just like, all right, this is going to be a thing, and we all realize what's happening here. Black guy versus white guy, MMA fighter versus boxer. Um, worlds are going to collide. Those things are certainly going to be there. There's certainly going to be white people that are going to be rooting for Khan just because he's white. There's going to be black people that root for Con- for Floyd just because he's black. That's it, that's That's been a thing in boxing. That That's done been a thing in boxing. But how are the fighters going to handle this now that this is going to be you're not going to have the outside noise. Now you're going to have people that, that aren't into boxing all the time. This is a mainstream. This isn't just a boxing match. It's a mainstream event. Everybody's into it. And that means you get mainstream media coverage, and not everybody is into the gimmick or the shtick and knows that this is something that boxing traffic's in. So how will these guys handle it? We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Seaman Tommy Guns will be back next week as we'll get into UFC 214. Very excited for that, that's for sure. As you have John Bones Jones taking on Daniel Cormier. But we're very focused, very heavy on Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather this week. We're going to speak with Jarrell Miller, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, next segment. He'll join the show as he has got a fight coming up at the end of the month on Showtime against Gerald Washington. Uh, if you guys don't know Jarrell Miller, he'll be a fun guy to get to learn. Uh, a little bit about he is uh, he's a he's a hell of a character and a hell of a fighter, and we'll we'll very very much enjoy getting a chance to to speak with him. Now, when we were ending last segment, we were talking about how things devolved in New York. They got they they got personal. They got uh, they got along racial lines. It was kind of a it was something. It was almost like a little bit of a cloud that was hovering over. And when it got to New York, it full blown burst. Like it was it was the thunderstorm and the rainstorm poured on it. it it was something that couldn't be ignored and so uh this was floyd mayweather 
and he did not take well to what Connor was saying when uh, when he told people that he was half black and he was doing a dance for 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 the black his uh, black female fans. He totally disrespected my daughter. He disrespected the mother of my daughter. He disrespected black women and he called black people monkey, monkeys. But what I want to say is this. I'm proud to be a black man. I'm proud to be an American. And I love everybody. I have a diverse team. Did he cross the line at all today? Totally. Like I said before, you can't do that. Conor McGregor, you cannot disrespect black women. You can't disrespect black people, period. You know, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. So that was Floyd with reporters on Thursday night. And so Eric Hawani, who does a great job covering um, does a great job covering mixed martial arts for MMAfighting.com. It was supposed to be on Showtime, but uh, Dana Bandham, which sucks. It's, uh, that's that's tough to hear. To, uh, one of the one of the real good guys who covers the sport does a good job covering the sport. But he went to Conor McGregor and asked him what he made of all the fallout. If anything, I wanted to kind of squash that and have a little yeah. bit of fun. That was a playful thing, you know right. what I mean? I included the, the daughter and had a, you know what I mean? It was all, it's all fun on my on my part. If he is in that mindset, well then that's his business. Am I gonna? Um, I don't care. I, I don't care. I know who I am. People who are watching know. You know what I mean? So if he's upset and and angry, well then, great. Can you clear up those people are bringing up the dancing and things like that? Is that what you're trying to insinuate? What are you trying to what say? What do you mean insinuate? Uh, people are saying, oh, Conor McGregor is racist because yeah, he's saying that's dance. Ridiculous. How does that make sense? I don't know. I honestly don't you know. know. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what's annoying me. I mean, that's why I wanted to bring it up to, right. to, today in, 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 a, in a way, in a playful way. I mean, how could you say that when look at me for sake? I mean, I'm coming out rapping, bleeding biggie. I'm sure give him respect. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm engaging in the entire. Co- I pulled out Jay Z's album and all tonight for f-ing sake. So look, I'm just having. F- I'm a big fan of. This I'm a big fan of, of of the culture. You know what I mean? Like I said, he asked me what my playlist is. I'm, all I listened to was rap. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'm just out there having fun. If he's either coming in here and thinking I'm disrespectful and he's angry, so what? Deal did- with it. And so you kind of get a little into, insight into what. Connor's thinking there and 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 how he's going about it. And here's my takeaway with it. All right. Connor is saying that if Floyd that he's not racist and that he doesn't have anything against black people. But he has to know that what he's saying does not only just bother Floyd, but it does bother black people. And if he's saying so what, Floyd can deal with it. He's got to also kind of realize, like, all right, but if black people take it any way they want to, if they want to be offended by what he's saying, how he's saying it, how he acts, he can't be really surprised if the media is covering it that way, man. And I don't, you know, he kind of says, so what, deal with it. I, I guess he's he's going about it because, you know, I, I can't re- recall Floyd having to deal with this for a while. And this is something that Floyd has used, too. You know, Floyd coming out with Oscar De La Hoya and the sombrero and, um, you know, chopping Pacquiao up with some rice. Those have been things that he's said before. So Floyd kind of knows the game that this is stuff that's out there. But Connor can't be go- calling, oh, shucks, I-, I can't believe people are offended by this if he knows that there's a chance Floyd's offended by it or can be bothered by it. And he kind of wants him to be bothered by it. You know, like he knows what he's doing. And maybe he's surprised by the reaction because you know people said ah he's not american 
all right, if you wanted to go that route the first time that you hear it publicly or the second time, you want to say, ah, it's kind of on the cusp. But he knows. He knows that people are going to be pissed off and Floyd's going to be pissed off, and he doesn't seem to mind all that much. And the tough thing about it for Connor, I shouldn't say tough thing about it, but the thing about it for Connor is Connor has gotten here by doing this. Maybe not to this degree, but it's not anything he hasn't done before, where he's called Nate Diaz's group of friends a bunch of crackhead essays. It's it's something he hasn't slung in before to to get people either agitated or bothered or to try and do things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the, the idea that you know he doesn't want to be painted with the the code word uh, he's not a racist. Or he's, you know, this is the, he knows if you don't want to be labeled a racist or as, uh, you know, the daily news columnists refer to him as, as a bigot. If you don't want to be called those things, this is probably not the category you should be going in. And the one thing with Connor that I will say, I think that he's, he's, he's so good enough to get under Floyd's skin. You know, his best work was when he kept this stuff out. You want to take the shots at Floyd not being able to read. That's funny. You want to take the shot, the shots at Floyd being unable to pay his taxes. It's a news story, you know. I, and he said afterward, "I don't want to make fun of it, but it is fair game." You know, once you start getting into the idea of 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 Floyd and his people, you know, you can't you can't be shocked when the blowback is black people are going to be upset by that. You can't be, and I don't even know if he really is. You know, he says that he's not, and he says that, you know, I'm, I'm some, you know, you know, going there with saying, oh, I, I love Biggie and my whole list is play is, is hip hop. It's, it's almost on the level of saying, oh, I got a black friend. It's, you know, that, that's kind of, that can't be your safety net is that you listen to Biggie and you came out rapping to Biggie, which is honestly, you came out rapping to Biggie on, on Thursday. And I thought that's kind of where you went wrong initially. I thought you didn't exactly spit the lyrics that great Connor. Um, but I will say, yeah, man, if Connor's going to go down this road, he's going to have to deal with that label. He's going to have to wear that. He can't he can't come at everybody with, oh, shucks, you know, it was just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, no, people, if you're going to do that, if you're going to play those cards, don't be surprised that black people are going to be pissed off at you. Don't be surprised that Floyd Mayweather is going to eventually take offense to it. And like you said, if he's, if he's bothered by it, he's bothered by it. Deal with it. But. Connor is going to have to deal with the fact that people are going to label him as this. And maybe it does bother him, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, who can, who can be inside the young man's head? Um, but I, I, I wish that I, – I always I'm – not, I'm not naive to, to, to not realize that this stuff's in boxing all the time. I mean, Christ. <laughs> since, 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 the, since the days of Joe Lewis, man. I mean, back in the day. Um, you know, hell, Ali got some of this flack back in the road. I mean, the way the way he talked about Joe Frazier back in the day, and Joe Joe never forgave him about that stuff. This is stuff that 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 boxing has trafficked in for for the longest time. Tyson Fury, you know, has has had really controversial statements. Manny Pacquiao has really controversial. You know, boxers sometimes are not the most open minded, you know, liberal people in the world. They they are set in their ways and they have thoughts and it makes people uncomfortable, but. They're not sanctioned by a league. They're not sanctioned by anything other than a, a commission that, I mean, if they're fit to fight, they're going to fight. So 
Um, this was something brought to light this week that I think um, I think it I think it did bother a lot of people. Um, I'm surprised that it came, it kind of devolved as fast as it was, as fast as it did. Um, I didn't think Connor would tackle it on head, tackle it head on like he did, and do it in such a poor fashion. Um, because I, I I honestly think like the the best way with the stuff that was out there to handle it was probably just to just to ignore it. And in 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 regard to hey, if somebody asks you, what do you mean by this? Answer it. But when you're going to come out there and you're going to try and make a joke and it's going to fall flat in its face, but then it's out there. Then you can't ign- what whatever way you handle it. You can't then say, ah, well, that's not what I meant. Like, you know people are bothered by it because you're trying to attack it head on. And does it bother them? Does it not bother them? I don't know. I, I don't I, – that's a, that's a hard question to answer, how he really feels about it. But he certainly is saying things this week that are going to make – are making people wince. And especially if you are a McGregor fan, you're just like, all right. I mean, like, uh, I wish you didn't have to, 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 to go there with that. Um, and, you know, and this is the thing with uh, with a guy like Floyd Mayweather is, oh, come on, man, you, you're talking about Floyd Mayweather. The, that, that dude beats women. You know, that, that guy said racial stuff. Like, All right, I, I understand that. I'm not trying to make it out like Floyd is a saint. He's not a saint. Um, but that's not what I'm for, – for right now, that's not here. That that stuff that's in the past, that stuff that has has had its own uh, time of coverage, and yeah, Floyd's not perfect. I mean, hell, like when his Pacquiao fight was going on, he's banning uh, Rachel Nichols and Michelle Beadle from covering him, or his publicist team was um, because of a whole domestic violence. Like, yeah, I understand Floyd's not a sympathetic figure, but that doesn't take away from people who can be offended by what Connor is doing. And I don't think he needs to go down that route. I think he's he's good enough. He was good enough selling it with what he did in Los Angeles, what Floyd did in Los Angeles, what they did in Canada, and they don't need to go down the route of New York. They don't. I think they were that people were so on high about this fight after the first two press conferences. It showed you you didn't need to go down that route. And yeah, that stuff was said at those. The, the dance for me comments were made at those two press conferences, but nobody no, nobody reacted to it that way at the time. No, no, that nobody had the the overwhelming crowd reaction. You, you winced at it, you're just like, ah, I don't want to hear that. But then it became a thing and a thing and a thing. And then it boiled over. And now it's going to be a talking point the rest of the lead up to the fight. And that's it. And it's kind of a bummer that that's going to be a huge talking point. Because I do think there's enough intrigue around this fight between how's Conor going to go about this? Did he get into Floyd's head? Did he, um, you know, did did he do enough here as far as uh, prove to you that he has a chance in this fight? There's there's so much intrigue around this fight, man. And the 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 racial divide was uh, was something that you were hoping you knew it was there, but you didn't want it to be one of the main talking points and it's kind of impossible that it's not going to be one of the top talking points now it's impossible that it's not going to like you think about all the coverage that's been around this and when they're going to lead up to fight week how is this not going to be brought up at every turn 
It's going to be. I mean, these guys are going to go off to their their, their training camps after uh, after this week. They're 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 off and they'll be in full training camp. You probably won't see them in front of reporters again. I don't know if maybe they'll do a uh, a Monday Night Raw or a, a Letterman or whatever. But once that fight week comes again, has it? Especially since the American media won't get a crack at Connor again until then, has it not going to be one of the big talking points of this fight? And that kind of sucks. That it's gotten to that point. Even if even if you're not that surprised that this was going to be an element of it, the fact that it's going to be now one of the top storylines of the fight is uh, is kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer that it devolves into that. Coming up next, we will talk to Big Baby, Jarrell Miller, heavyweight contender. He's got a fight coming up at the end of the month. This is a man who's not scared to call out his contemporaries in the heavyweight division. He's got big plans, big goals. We'll hear from him next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. All right, let's switch gears. We are going to talk a little heavyweight boxing with a top heavyweight contender, Jarrell Miller, trying to make his way up the ranks, get himself a shot at the belt. He's going to be back in action at the end of this month, July 29th, on Showtime's Broner against Mikey Garcia card. Let's go out to the Around the Fields and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. Truly steps beyond convenient. Then we'll find one of the hottest heavyweight contenders out there, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. He's fighting Gerald Washington coming up in Brooklyn at the end of the month at the Barclays Center. Jarrell, give me a, give me a, a sense of how excited you got to be for to be fighting in front of Brooklyn. That's got to be a big deal for you. Uh, most definitely. You know, it's been a while since I've been able to fight in New York, much less even fight in, 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 in Brooklyn. So, you know, it's definitely a, a monumental moment for me in my career. But, you know, when you fight in Brooklyn, you got to catch a Brooklyn beatdown. So, we got we to gotta book this uh, West Coast behind. <laughs> now, Joe Washington's last fight was against Deontay Wilder. Uh, a lot of people gave him some props for hanging in there before he took a devastating, devastating knockout. What, what did you make of that performance from him and uh, and the fight with Deontay? I mean, yeah, like I said before, you know, uh, you know, he he was doing good, but it's the first time I seen somebody who get praised so much for getting knocked out in the sixth round, you know. And he he felt like he's gonna he has the the new new tools uh, to beat me because he got knocked out in the sixth round. He went to camp with Vladimir one time. When I've done went to camp eight times uh, with the Klitschko's and I and Gantt can hit me with a hand, handful of right. So it's gonna, it's gonna be kind of funny, you know. And he said he's he's mostly always ran in most of his fights. But he told me he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna bring the fight to me, which I doubt it. You know, Mayor Mansoor, uh, six foot, uh, two hundred twenty pounds, backed him up. Uh, Eddie Chambers, uh, five foot eleven, uh, two hundred twenty pounds, backed him up. Now six four, two eighty, three hundred pounds. You're gonna back me up, okay, buddy? We're gonna see about that. We're talking to Jarrell Miller. So, Jarrell, I mean, you 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 have such a extensive background, boxing, kickboxing, and you've also, I mean, sparred with the likes of the Klitschko's, but you've also been in there with some of the UFC's best. How, how beneficial do you find that, man? It seems like you just you, you you almost go to the buffet line as far as what training camps you can go and picking knowledge from everywhere. Is that is that something by design, and you don't want to stay too stagnant? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always wanted to travel around. I hate to still, you know. I think as a man, we're not meant to stand still in one spot. You know, what I mean, we're meant, we're meant, we're meant to kind of like adventure and, and and learn different things, you know, and then, and then bring it back and and you know use and take what you can from it. Um, you know, word travels fast. You know, once I hit a gym and I start training and spar with one guy, you know, the trainers find out, they tell the other trainer, and then I end up sparring with their guys, and I end up moving around, you know. So sometimes I'll be on vacation just in the gym training and I end up picking up a check for beating up on some guys, you know. So it, it's pretty it's pretty funny to me, you know. But, uh, you know, I've definitely learned a lot in, the, in all sports, and I know what I bring to the table. 
Well, uh, we're down here in Miami. My guy Shannon Briggs. Uh, love Shannon. And sure. I, I saw I saw you like that's kind of like my first time I got a chance to catch attention. I was like, oh, look at this guy. He's going to uh, he's going to the heavyweight factory. That's kind of cool. And I mean, man, you seem like you were you were getting into it. You got into it with uh, with uh, I believe it was Trevor Bryant and, and uh, Bermaine Stavern. Like you were you weren't ha- uh, afraid of making your presence known there. No, that's, that's that's part of what it is. You know, me and Trevor Bryan are cool now. You know, Bermaine uh, Stavern, he a punk. Uh, you know, Shannon Briggs is like big uncle. You know, I'm always calling, asking for advice and stuff like that. But he 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 know what it is, man. When we step in the building, man, we we gonna put on. You know what I mean? Is you gonna call my name? Be ready for war, man. It's that simple. You know what I mean? Just just don't think I'm not. It's gonna be unanswered. You know, I'm a fighter. You're a fighter. You got hands, and I got hands. You know what I mean? Let's see who the best man win, and guarantee I'm gonna knock somebody out. How do you feel like it is these days, man? Because you seem like you're you're a man who's about the action. Like you'll 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 definitely if, if somebody's gonna call you on social media, you're going to to go about it because it's so it, it's never been easier these days to to pump up a fight as far as you know Twitter beefs or Instagram beefs, but. You know, I think a lot of fighters probably think there's not going to be repercussions for that. Are, are you uh, are you finding that that you know guys will be easy about talking the trash, but not exactly be willing to back it up? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, a lot of Twitter fingers out here. You know, I mean, Deontay had a bully a couple of years ago. You know, on Instagram and Twitter, and he was quick to go defend, to go beat up that guy in a sparring session. But now we got real fighters calling him out, ready to jump in that ring with him, and he, he he's nowhere to be found. You know, but like I said. You got to put yourself in a, in, a, in a position so these sanctioning bodies hear you, meaning you can sell tickets and you're making fans um, scream, scream your name. And that's what we're trying to do right now. And when we get to that point, you know, everybody's going to know. Well, that's, yeah, that's one thing I found frustrating, you know, getting to talk to, to Shannon Briggs a lot down here, you know, when he put so much behind uh, fighting David Hay on social media and, and chasing him down in, in London. And then when time came to fight, he wasn't there. You know, same thing. Same thing with Deontay Wilder, and, and it's I find it frustrating as a fan watching you guys because man, we get so excited behind these things, and then it kind of feels like either it's a promoter or the fighter or somebody it, it gets taken away from us because man, you you do get this uh, this hype behind it, but then all of a sudden all the work is 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 for naught. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's hard, man. Sometimes you know boxing can really, really you know be rough on, on the mental state, so you got to have a good team behind you. And you know you guys just got to keep pushing, got to keep working, man. You can't leave all your eggs in one basket. So what do you think? What, what do you think, man? What's the long term plan for you, Jarrell? You you got this big fight coming up in Brooklyn. You're on a big card, the Broner Mikey Garcia card. Um, you, you get this win. What what is the term? You got you talking? If I'm talking to you in in another six months, where do you want to be? If I'm talking to you another twelve months, where do you want to be? First, we're not talking about if we get this win. We're talking about when I get this win. And then um, we're looking at something probably October, November, and the Deontay Wilder on the card. And, um, you know, and then hopefully looking at the title shot earlier next year. You know, when one of these fake title holders, are, you know, will be in the, in the top three, top two. And, uh, you know, we make it happen. Who's, uh, who do you think is going to be the first on your target list as far as getting a title? Who do you think you can actually um, get in there with? It's probably going to be between Deontay and Joseph Parker for sure. And you think you – as far as Deontay, like, he's in this interesting position. You know, he's just coming off the, the injury – um, but in the midst of that time, Anthony Joshua really blew up because of the Klitschko fight. Tyson Fury's kind of been uh, been missing because of all the, the mental stuff, the drug stuff. Um, what do you make of Deontay kind of in this heavyweight picture? Do you think he belongs up at, at top, or do you think you see a lot of holes there? I mean, a lot of holes. I mean, he, he got there. You know what I mean? He fought, he, he fought 30-something bums, and then, and then uh, you know, he, he ran into a, a Stavern that just wasn't up for it that night, which is, you know, the Verge problem, but you know he took advantage of it. And he, he got the belt, 
So, I mean, I guess you can't say he belongs there, but, I mean, he hasn't fought any really, worthy, you know, fight-worthy opponents, really, you know. He's fighting Jerome Washington just now because Jerome Washington is a nice, humble guy. So, I think he deserves a title shot. Get the F out of here. How did Gerard fight get a title shot? And he's no way even ranked in the top 15 in any of the sanctioning bodies. And three days, four days before he fights Gerard Washington um, for the title, they, WBC puts him in the top 10 ranking. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just BS, bro. But like I said before, you know, it, it, these guys, can they're going to run as long as they can. But sooner or later, it's, people are getting tired of them. People are getting tired of Deontay. You know, everybody's getting tired of Deontay. And that's the funny part. We're talking to Jarrell Big Baby Miller. You guys can catch him. He's going to be July 29th at the Barclays Center. He's taking on Gerald Washington as he's marching to try and get that heavyweight title. Um, your, your background in kickboxing. Tell me a little bit about the transition to boxing. Did you find it easier uh, now that, you know, having to deal with, you know, four points of attack rather than the, than just the two hands? How, how is the, the, the great difference in, in the two sports? I mean, most definitely, you know, it's going to be easier to transition from kickboxing to boxing than a boxer transition to kickboxing. You know, the, it, it, it's, 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 I always still, I do kick boxing sparring now because it's always going to be harder to dodge, you know, eight and six limbs, which is knees, knees uh, kicking and punching, and sometimes some guys throw elbows. So dodging that compared to just two hands is a, is a, is a different level of difficulty. So even now when I'm preparing for a boxing fight, I still do kickboxing sparring where guys, where I allow them to kick, you know, above the waist and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not hard for me because I've been doing it for so long. Um, for somebody else, most definitely, it's going to be hard as hell. Do, do, do you find, like, when you go into to these these training sessions, because you said, like, you, you know, the word spreads fast, but when you initially go there and you had the rep, ah, oh, it's the kickboxer, do the boxers take you seriously, and, and how long does it take them to realize they got their hands full? Oh, no, they take me, they take me dumb serious. First of all, as soon, soon as they see my side, and they, and, they, and they see me pull out my equipment, and they say, let's just get it on, they already know what it is. They know what it is. And I am not and I crack them. They're like, holy this is not this, that, another, you know, wannabe or something. You know what I mean? They, they know. They know. They know. Trust me, they know. You know what I mean? Talking to Jerome Miller, he's taking on Gerald Washington, July 29th. Let me get your, your opinion of the, the heavyweight division right now. It has been a, a, a very good, you know, year especially like it, it looked it felt like in 2015 it was really skyrocketing in 2016 it really flattened out but it's 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 on the way back so what do you see now Gerald, as as the as the opportunity of what this can really be do you think that if the heavyweight division really does come back somebody like you is atop the division do you think it really can truly bring boxing back to that next level oh yeah most definitely i mean you understand it's all about the stars the stars is what make make boxing a lot you know the england put so much money in publicity behind a mute fighter, which is Anthony Joshua, and, you know, England is going excited for that. You know, we have Deontay, but he's, he's, he's exciting to a certain extent. You know, he's not the most marketable guy, but, you know, America loves drama more than anywhere else, you know, and Deontay's drama, but not really in the ring. He, he's, he's, like, mediocre, to tell you the truth, you know, but they have to find out one star in America where all the fans can jump behind and follow, you know, and I'm, trust me, I'm that guy. What do you think about the situation with Tyson Fury? You think if he comes back, he's going to be the same guy, and, and and or do you think this is too much, too long a layoff for him to actually have success? No, I don't think it's too too long a layoff. I think he's still young. You know, what I mean, um, you know, and he had. It's not like he's coming like dead broke where he has no resources. You know, the main thing is you have he has a good team. They know him, and then um, you know, he takes his time and get the get the weight back down. You know, uh, I seen him a couple three four months ago when he was about almost three sixty. You know, and it takes a little while to get it off. But I feel like, you know, he'll, he'll definitely be back. 
you know, I think he'll definitely definitely cause some drama, you know, and uh, that's what the heavyweight division needs. And uh, I think it'll be fun. I've seen on your Instagram, you, I mean, you've met a lot of, of the who's who, you know, Tyson, Mayweather, Holyfield, uh, Riddick Bow. Who is somebody you, you've gotten to meet in the sport, maybe somebody you watched up uh, growing up and you idolized, or maybe somebody that, you know, you, you model yourself up and you, you were just blown away with the experience. It, 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 it topped what you expected it would be getting to meet that individual. Uh, I mean, uh, it would definitely be uh, Tyson, Holyfield, and Riddick Bow. You know what I mean? I mean, and um, – Chilling with those guys and Michael Moore, you know, and hearing these guys talk about old stories of them sparring each other and coming up in the amateurs and cracking jokes. It's it's, 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 it's funny, you know, like watching these guys on TV, you know, and trying to kill each other and then they're cracking jokes with each other. Like, you know, it's like the fight never, kind of never happened, you know. It's, it's, it's dope, you know. It's, it's, I mean, that's the most humbling, you know, experience, you know, just sitting there and talking with these guys and, you know, cracking a joke and, you know, just taking off of them, you know, so. I mean, that's definitely something I, I definitely put in the books. Was there any piece of knowledge you took from any of those guys, that one that just particularly stood out? Um, I think Riddick was always trying to show me how to turn up my body shots more because the minute he he seen my body shot, he's like, your body shots look really familiar. I said, yeah, from backside, do it now. And he's like, oh, shit, I, I know not familiar. You know what I mean? Because my trainer grew up, with his, um, grew up with him, you know, so – they all grew up in the same boxing gym and best out boxing in Brooklyn. So, you know, he seen my style was very familiar. And when he seen the footwork, he was like, damn, this kid got something. So, you know, they, I, you know, I think the jazz and body shot with Riddick, you know, definitely. And then from the strengthening drills I took from uh, Michael Moore, you know, from those guys down there. Joel, best of luck, man. Uh, coming up at the end of July, we'll be watching for sure. You sound pretty certain you're going to get this one in the books. You ever back down South Florida, stop by the studio, all right? I appreciate it, man. No problem. See you, buddy. He's Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Check him out. End of the month on Showtime. Very much enjoyed the conversation. We will talk to you guys same time, same place next week. Father's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.